go. Happy New Year and welcome to Check the Tape. I'm Aria Atari and this is our first episode of 2019. Get ready for the NFL playoffs. Brian Principe is here like he is at the beginning of every week. What's going on? Well, Happy New Year first, Aria. And uh, I think this is a big moment for Check the Tape. We've, uh, or you've, you've personally made it into a new year. So that's a... uh, We'll pat yourself on the back. Well, I mean, it's only kind of three, moment it's you. only like three months, but yeah, I'll take we don't it. Have to, we don't have to tell people that, you know? Yeah, 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 but I'll take it. You're right. Um, so yeah, it's the new year. And like every new year, that's kind of when the first weekend of January is when the NFL playoffs start. And we'll talk a little bit about those matchups, but um, kind of the docket today is just to react to what happened in week 17, what changed. Like I said, talk a little bit about those matchups and then uh, get into some of these coaches that were fired. I'm ready. So, week 17, um, there was some shakeup from what happened in the playoff picture. I think the we should start in the AFC. Um, the Chiefs held their ground. Patriots held their ground. Texans held their ground. Beat their opponents pretty badly. They're the one, two, three seeds. Then the five seed, the Chargers, who actually have the second best record in the AFC, they beat Denver, even though that game was a little weird. Did you see – how much of that game did you watch? I actually watched a decent amount of that game. For for a while, there was no offensive score in that so football game. There was this one play. I, Denver either – or Case Keenum either threw an interception or Denver fumbled. I don't remember how it happened. But there was a turnover, and there was a guy on the Chargers who, like, flipped it back yes. to, his, to his guy, to Trying another to guy. Show. Yeah. Yeah, and then they lost the they lost the ball off of yep. that turnover and turned it over themselves. I thought that was funny. And then they they scored off a Denver turnover uh, before yeah, it was that. A lateral. It was a backward pass that was never fielded by the running back, so it was just kind of sitting there in his lap. Yeah. And then the guy in the Chargers scoop and scored. Uh, that was yeah. a bizarre game. But the Chargers won that by double digits. Got their five seed. Um, so the big the first thing I want to talk about in the AFC is. The Ravens winning the AFC North. You know, you've been big on the Ravens the last couple of weeks, talking about their defense and how they're really good at home, which, you know, they've always been really good at home. And you've been in on Lamar Jackson, um, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. I think that the addition of Lamar Jackson to start – the second half of the season has really changed the entire complexion of this team. So I, I really liked Lamar headed in because I was like, you know, this guy was great in college as a quarterback. And, you know, I don't watch much college football, football, but I'm like, why are they talking about changing him to a receiver? And I thought like this season, it was just going to be Flacco. And then they were just going to wait, wait it out. And then he would come and be the starter next year. Kind of like what Kansas City did with Alex Smith and Mahomes. Right. Right. But they make the change to Jackson. They lose the one game, losing to Mahomes' team, actually, the Chiefs. And and that was in overtime. And, yeah, it's been great for them. And they're, they've won the division. They're in the playoffs. Well, real quick about the Ravens. You and I have been talking about the Ravens pretty much all year. And the beginning of the, the, the storyline and the narrative for the Ravens really was, how are they using Lamar Jackson? It didn't feel right. right. It kind of felt forced. It didn't feel like that was the way that things were going to be successful for them. They were using him like New Orleans uses Taysom Hill, which, by the way, I'm not a big fan of. But no, anyways. and Jackson is clearly a much more talented and better player than Taysom Hill is. Yeah, when you spend a first rounder on him, he's going to be your franchise quarterback. They play him like, and I, I saw this on Twitter, they play him like they only have him for one year. Like, you know how when you have a player left for one year, you just use them mm-hmm. all, you use all, them all, they're all, and you don't really care about the long-term stability. Right. Um, 
No, that made no sense. You don't care about their long-term longevity. Sorry. Right. Um, that's kind of how they've been using Jackson, and we'll see if how that if that crashes and burns for them down the line. But for right now, I mean, they're in the playoffs. Well, it's funny. We were watching the game, uh, my brother and I, and we just kept saying, "Wow, this is incredible what Lamar Jackson's doing." It almost seems as like he's on a different level than even RG three was when RG three was in his. Breakout I still season. don't feel confident in Jackson as a the passer. Only thing, like the when only it's in thing, the playoffs and it's third and long, I don't know if I could trust this. That's guy. that's the big difference. Is that you, if you com- if you're strictly comparing Robert Griffin and Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson I think is much more of an athlete and much more explosive with his legs than RG three was. There's just a second gear that Jackson just seems to hit when he knows he's yeah. got a hole. The passing is definitely a concern. The only other thing that is a major concern for me is that the really the only thing that I would think would be able to slow him down is a is an injury. He's just very small. Well, yeah. And that's my big concern. And, and that kind of piggybacks off of the point that you made that doesn't it does seem like they are almost overusing him a little bit here very early on in his career. But clearly their entire offense offensive scheme is switched and everything runs through him and the running game. Yeah, and now that they've used him as rookie years as opposed to sitting him out, you know, you get that, you know, we talk about how in the NFL, like, what the best asset to have is a good quarterback on the rookie deal, and you can spend all your assets elsewhere. Makes me wonder, like, maybe the Chiefs should have just gotten him a Holmes last year instead of Alex Smith, and they would have had a different outcome. Um, but that's besides the point. So, you know, the Ravens are in the playoffs, but on the other side of this, Pittsburgh's not in the playoffs, and, yeah. you know... Le'Veon Bell didn't play all year, but they still had Antonio Brown, who didn't play the Week 17. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner was uh, a good, really good running back for them all season, and it was almost like a seamless transition from Bell. Right. And obviously Roethlisberger, Tomlin. It was a shock, but not really, because I remember on the podcast, I was like, this Steelers team, it was right after they had that big win against the Panthers on Thursday night. I was like, they're peaking way too early. Next week, they barely beat Jacksonville. Should have lost that game. Then they lose to Denver. They lose to the Chargers. They lose to the. Uh, then they lose to the Raiders. Yes. They beat the Patriots, and then everyone was back in on the Steelers, and then they lose to the Saints. Well, here's the thing: is that this we came into the season talking about how which which one of these perennial playoff teams is going to stumble and not make the playoffs. And one that you and I pointed to very early on before the season even started was, was this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Yeah, but let's not like make ourselves look too. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, this is not me about this. Is not me trying to pat our own backs here. I think right. that the, the writing was on the wall though, with this team. I don't think that our, our projection of them making the playoffs or not making the playoffs was all that, crazy to project i think that this was something that's been a long time coming for this group um you can see the trends in this in this division clearly are trending in different directions for all of these teams yeah you have the younger quarterbacks now with jackson right. And mayfield right right and they that's that's going to be the battle now in the and in the in the afc north for the years to come um now it's time for pittsburgh to adjust I think that what is most concerning with this whole situation is that they are very willing to allow the players on this team to kind of dictate how things run. You have the Le'Veon Bell situation that 
obviously maybe didn't have as much of an impact as what we initially thought would have happened at the beginning of the season because Connor played so well. But Antonio Brown not playing this past week, although they still win the game, but why is he why is he able to just basically complain, uh, you know, have a, have an issue to begin the week right. of practice? Is this where you is this the part of the podcast where you're going to give your whole fire Tomlin thing cuz you can do that and then we'll move on cuz Yes. Yes. This all is right. this, that's exactly where I'm getting to. That his first of all, you can you can argue that he should be fired just based on the amount of talent they have on the team and they don't make the playoffs. You can make that argument. The argument I'll make is that this has been a sideshow for years. They do seem poorly coached right, right now. They seem poorly uh, run as a whole right like the, now. Forget the play for a second. Like, just some of the things that, like, the players say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how Ben was, like... Ben's, like... I feel like he's way too candid how he's saying, like, oh, I texted Le'Veon, he didn't text me back. Or how the offensive lineman came out and attacked Le'Veon, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. But... Yeah, it is kind of weird that they didn't make the playoffs, but also not that weird because the signs were there in the preseason and stuff. So they didn't make it. Baltimore made it. And, you know, that division's definitely trending towards these younger quarterbacks, Mayfield, Jacks for uh, Cleveland in that Baltimore game. But, you know, the bounty hunter kind of screwed them over. There was he, he didn't challenge on this one play on this one play where, like, Baltimore would have had a fourth down. He also... Um, well, this wasn't on the bounty hunter, but there was the fumble that they didn't let Cleveland run back because they blew it dead. I, I mm-hmm. hate that rule. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Yep. But I really like Baker. I think once they get a real coach there, I mean, maybe they won't get a real coach, but that team's got talent. Baker's kind of a franchise-changing guy, and I like that team going forward. I kind of feel like they're the best team that's not in the playoffs. That's a, a, uh, a bold that's a bold move bold statement right there. I mean, well, I, do- I mean, since Jackson was is gone, they have been. If you if you just look at them from since Jackson's been gone. Well, how about since since Mayfield really? But it's been kind of the same. But since Mayfield's been quarterback, you could argue that they they've been the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but um, so there's that, and then the Colts beat the Titans. I don't know if we want to talk about that one too much. Like the Colts were just better. You know, the Titans were with Blaine Gabbert. The only reason the Titans were even in that game for some per- points of it uh, was when Luck threw that fluke oh, interception. Interception, yeah. It was a fluke interception. And then, you know, the Titans muffed the punt. Colts got it back, fumbled right away. It was just turnovers and penalties is why. Penalties. Yeah. The penalties. Those were the only reasons the Colts uh, or the Titans were even in that game. Colts were just much better. Luck was think, the best I player. I think if Mariota's in that game, they might win uh, no. that game goes. No, he's, you, you act like he matters, like he's any good. It matters more than Blaine Gabbert. Did you like how Al Michaels pronounced his name? Mariota. No, that's not it. Mariota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, said, he does the ta. I, don't, I didn't get apparently, that at all. Apparently, that's the the correct way to pronounce it, though. Oh, is it? Yeah, I was looking up because when we were when he first said it, I thought the same thing he did. Like, that's weird. But apparently, he says that all the time, and then there was these... There was these like these. I don't know if it was an Al Michaels burner account or whatever it was, but this <laughs> one guy was very vehemently like defending him and saying that's how you pronounce it. And then I looked it up, and apparently that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. All right. Well, it's Al. I mean, you, you, I should have expected. I should have expected it. You know what I mean? He's the guy. If I had to trust anybody, he's the guy I trust. So, all right. So that's kind of the AFC, and then on the NFC side, 
the Saints or not the Saints, sorry, the Rams. They blew out the Cardinals, kept that two spot. Seattle kind of had a game with Arizona. I feel like Steve Wilkes, you know, he knew that would be his last game, kind of went all out, had the Cardinals try, which is funny because yeah, they, they were trying. They almost draft pick. Yeah, yeah, they were re- first overall draft pick. Yeah, first, yeah, um, first overall pick. But Seattle won that one. Dallas and New Orleans already locked into their spots. So then it gets interesting with the whole Chicago, Minnesota, Philly. You know, Washington and Josh Johnson just weren't going to beat the Eagles. Foles took that big hit. And or I don't know if it was that big of a hit. It felt like the one he took against Clowney last week was a bigger hit. But, you know, Foles had the injury, the ribs, and seems like he's going to be good to go for the playoffs because we need Foles for the playoffs. I don't want to watch Nate Sudfeld against that Chicago mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he took the injury, and they won that game pretty handily. And then the Vikings, let's just talk about them, how big of a loser they were. They paid all this money, gave Kirk Cousins a 100% guaranteed contract, and he was horrible. Like yeah. There was a point in time where he didn't even, I think it was like in the, I think it was in the second half, I'm not 100%, but that he didn't even have 100 yards passing. Him and Thielen were getting into it. The offensive line was horrible too. Not like the Vikings defense was helping much either. The Vikings were just bad. Like... And this is a team that made the NFC Championship game last year. Yeah. Now, we see this every year. Like, these teams make it to the NFC Championship or make the Super Bowl, and then the next year they just crumble, fall apart. So we shouldn't be that surprised. But with Minnesota, like, I don't feel like they lost anyone. Like, they were getting Dalvin Cook back. They supposedly upgraded at quarterback. I was never a big Cousins guy. But I think... The thing was, that offense with Keenum and Shermer was just different. You know what I mean? For some reason, I have no idea why, but Keenum and Shermer clicked. Yeah. It makes no sense when you actually think about it, right? Because Keenum in Denver wasn't anything special. Shermer and the Giants hasn't been anything special. But I guess together, they they clicked. Maybe that's what your Giants should do. Get uh, Keenum to be the quarterback next year. Yeah, he might be. He might be a possibility for looking looking for a new place to play. Yeah, I think that's what they should do. I mean, that, why not? Better no, than Eli. They're drafting. But anyways, they're, they're nope, we're not talking about the Giants. Haskins. Nope, nope. They're nope, drafting nope. Dwayne Haskins. Nope, not talking about the Giants. So, anyways, stop. Uh, you brought. Well, I brought up that little point, but then you tried to go on on your tangent over there. So, the Vikings, they're just hor- that was horrible. Like. And, and Cousins, I mean, what what can you say now? I, like, the re- the Redskins should feel validated that they didn't want to give him any money. Even though they lost their guy, <laughs> potentially to a career-ending injury? Yeah, but, like, they were, but that was going to be cheaper. The money right. they gave Smith was cheaper than the one, than uh, the contract that Cousins got from Minnesota. Yeah, no, you're right. I Listen, I think, I also think that, you know, you have to kind of give Kirk Cousins more than one year. <laughs> To, to figure this out in, in Minnesota. No, but his contract's only three years. I understand that. I understand that. But it's his first year. I'm not making excuses for him. But he was horrible. Let's... When, we, when we get to my old man take of the week, I, I will piggyback off, off of this point because it kind of has – it's similar to what this situation is. But, yes, he's getting paid all this money. Yes, he is brought into a team that made the NFC Championship game a couple of – you know, he plays here and there early in that game against Philadelphia could have changed the outcome potentially in that game too. But the problem is, is that this is clearly a team that has been built around defense. Their head coach is, is a complete defensive oriented coach. They lose their offensive coordinator who had a great year, great run 
in in Minnesota. So there's there was a lot of turnover on the well, offense. They fired their <laughs> offensive coordinator this season, uh, DeFilippo, right? That's his it, name. Mid, I pronounce it midway through the year. Midway through the year. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, the problem with this team early in the season was the defense, and that was that was surprising. And then when you when you got to about the halfway point of the season. And Cousins started to, you know, struggle and Thielen wasn't nearly the kind of receiver that he was or as he was early in the year. That's when things started to kind of uh, fall apart for this team. Can and we I- just call can we just call it what it is? I think the expectation for Cousins was a little too high. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's not one of those top level guys. He's one of those like mediocre guys like Stafford or I wouldn't put him in that. I wouldn't put him in in Well that's what he is. He's one of those (laughs) mediocre guys who can't win playoff games. The thing is the thing is though, you put him on this team, he should make the playoffs. I mean that that should be the expectation. No, because he's one of those guys who he has to have like one of those he's not a guy who's just gonna get you to the playoffs year after year after year. That's not who he is. He made the playoffs once in Washington. Why are we acting like he made the playoffs once in Washington at nine and seven in a crappy division, and they lost their first game to the Packers? Got killed actually. But I'm supposed to believe this guy's a franchise quarterback? Give me a break. It's a tough division too now. Very tough division, especially with the Bears on de- on that defense. That's going to be a problem for Minnesota every year now. I mean, Minnesota- yeah, and you expect the Packers are going to be back with the new right. coach. Minnesota was the was the the cream of the crop. Right there with Green Bay for probably about what four four years now, uh, and now, since fifteen because they won the division in fifteen. Yeah. So so now that you have the this this completely different Bears team that throws a whole new wrinkle at you with that defense, that makes things very difficult for for the Vikings, for the Packers, and then the Lions are going to be the Lions for uh, for a long so- time now. What I don't get is, so now that the Vikings lost that game, the Eagles got into the playoffs at that sixth seed. But it was a weird situation where Chicago got to, like, decide who they were going to play against, right? Basically. If you were the Bears and the Vikings are in this must-win game, right? Right. And you're beating the hell out of them the first half. And you're like, oh, my God, these guys suck. And you're in their home On the road, too. Yeah, and you're uh, you're in their home stadium. That second half... And if you see the score of that Eagles game and it looks like the Eagles are up, why don't you just say, hey, when they hand the ball off, don't tackle anybody. Like, why wouldn't they do that? Seriously. Well, they would get killed in, in the press. But, like, that would have been the smart move. Like, what if they lose to the Eagles this week, right? And then everyone's going to say, oh, they should. They, they had the choice of who they were going to play, and they didn't capitalize on that. I don't know why they would rather play the Eagles. So the thing I, is, I, if, they, if they had lost, right, they, they're not – at they were they were locked into the three at least right they weren't going to the four well, the Rams the, they needed the Rams to lose but you see that the Rams are winning so right right no but I'm saying they they couldn't have moved any farther past three so a loss for them really doesn't have any kind of implications that it would oh. for a different team that would potentially move down to a four seed or even lower so with that being said I understand your point but at the same time first year coach they've had a good year. I, I could have never, never in a million years seen a situation like that playing out. They, so the other scenario that could have happened was maybe I, I this is like the only counter to that point is like that Seattle Arizona game was pretty close. And if Seattle had lost and Minnesota had won, then Seattle would have been the opponent they played. So maybe they were like, we'd rather play the Eagles than the Seahawks. Really? I mean, 
The Bears, I, don't know, I know I'm overthinking this, and this is Bears, not what they thought at all, probably. This but. is what the Bears thought. We win the game. That was all they thought about. Well, that's it. stupid. I'm so sick of these, like, purists who, oh, you have to win the game. You play to win. No, you play to win the championship. And if there's anything you can do that can help you win the championship, then freaking do it. Yeah. Listen, they're they're better than the Eagles. They're better than, than the Vikings. They're better than... I would say Seattle as well. So they should beat any of these teams. They should, but like, why would you not take the better opportunity to win? I would, I would have let Minnesota well, is it, win that game. So, so maybe they think that the Vikings are a better team than the Eagles are. How could they think that after they were demolishing them that first half? Is that? I mean, that's a fair point, but I, I would say that the the Viking. I, if I'm playing a team in the playoffs, I would rather play against Nick Foles than I would stop. I, I stop. would. The guy just won a Super Bowl last year, and you were pounding this Minnesota team for the entire first half and the entire game. Actually, no. The Eagles. The Eagles are not. They're not a good team. They're not. And this Minnesota team is. No, I'm not saying they are. Eagles have foals, and he's special. I don't know. I don't care what you have to say. He is. He is. He is. He won the Super Bowl. The moment they put him at the starter, they win the three games, beat two playoff teams, the Rams and the Texans. They're back in the playoffs. There's just something special. There's some magic there, and it, it, you can't deny it. He'll be. They'll be. Uh, they'll be out uh, by this. T- or no, give it a. So uh, what? That's a four forty-five game on Sunday. That is six o'clock. That's, yeah, that's NBC. Michael Collinsworth. Six o'clock. You can rewrite the the uh, the eulogy on the. Okay, e- so. Yeah, let's get into that real quick. But um, no, I think that's I think that's an atrocious take that you would rather play the Eagles than the Vikings after you were just beating the Vikings that badly. I would. It's a divisional opponent. Doesn't make so what? Different. It's different. I would rather. I would rather play, destroying them. I'd rather play a team with a backup quarterback than he's I not would. a backup. He's a Super Bowl MVP. No, whatever. He is. He's a backup quarterback. This I'm is, gonna get all the Philly people on my side. Good. I hope you do. It's ridiculous. These Philly people are ridiculous about Nick Foles. No, they're they're not. He's actually, there's just something about him. He needs to be treated for what he was. He's a backup quarterback that won a Super Bowl. He's no different than a Jeff Hostel. He's better than Carson Wentz. For for Giants fans. He's no different than than a uh, guy like um, Trent Dilfer. No, he's better than Carson Wentz. He is their guy, not Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is done in Philadelphia. He might be. He might be better than Carson Wentz, and that just tells you what their starting quarterback situation is like. But he's 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 a perennial journeyman backup quarterback that has fallen into it for and now he has the magic he got the magic no no he doesn't it's over he it's does. over eagles it's over no, no, they just made the playoffs so when i read that eulogy i was under the uh impression we would just be seeing carson once i had no idea this whole Foles thing was actually going to be in play because i thought if they went to Foles, then it would pretty much be i i thought they should have gone to Foles because i remember i brought up what my friend had told you but i thought they wouldn't do it because that would just ruin the franchise quarterback that Carson Wentz is. And this injury comes out of nowhere. I, I didn't even know he was hurt. Did you? For uh, Wentz. Wentz? Yeah. I, I mean, it was it kind of was something that popped up pretty quickly. Came uh, out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Like, he just played that Sunday game against the Cowboys. And then, like, later on that week, he just like, oh, he might be out for, like, three months. Oh, okay. I don't know where that came from. But we're not putting him on IR. Still made no sense. So <laughs> then Foles became the starter. And then, yeah. Um... The one that I was wrong on was I thought I really did think the Steelers were going to make the playoffs. I just thought I, I I just believed in the Browns in that game, and you know they almost took it. And yep. so, anyways, um, let's get into the playoffs a little. So my plan is, and 
I don't want people to listen to this and for me to make a promise that I can't keep. So my plan is, and plans can change, but right now this is the plan for me to write a uh, picks column on the four playoff games and hopefully to do it for each round. And I guess it would get easier after the first round because, you know, there's less team. Well, actually, the first two rounds are the same amount of games, but after those two should be a little bit easier to do um, some writing on those because I genuinely do. I not genuinely, I generally do most of my writing on Saturdays and with the playoffs on Saturday, it might be a little challenging, but I'm going to try and uh, get through it. So you have four games. Let's just quickly go through them each and give a little preview. Not going to make any picks or anything. Maybe you can if you want. But uh, So the first one is the Colts-Texans on Saturday afternoon. That's ESPN-ABC. Um, what do you make of that one? I like this one. I do. I always like the divisional playoff games yeah. uh, early on, especially for these two teams, because this this matchup all year has been very interesting. They had the they had a lost the, the Colts lost at home early in the year to the Texans in overtime, and then they came back. Frank Reich went for it right. on like his own forty. Yeah. That kind of that kind of that kind of jump started the Texans season. Really, that game yeah. uh, in Indianapolis, and then the Texans had the opportunity to clinch. Uh, and they lose at home to the Colts uh, by three points uh, earlier this this past month in in December. So I like this matchup. This is clearly you know the winner take all game. Whoever moves on to to the divisional round in the playoffs, I like it. Uh, the Colts to me, their strength is clearly in that offensive line, and in turn that becomes a huge asset for the running game, and then of course for Andrew Luck. The thing with the Colts is, is that they are a completely different team on the road, uh, especially defensively. They ran into a good matchup this week against Tennessee because of Blaine Gabbert. I didn't think they played. I, they did not play that well on defense. Constant penalties, uh, keeping them in the game. If that happens against Deshaun Watson, the Colts are done. They're not winning. So they've that. lost one game. Since that Patriots Thursday night loss, right? Yeah. So that game, that was before the MLB or the ALDS started. And they've lost one game since then. And it was that 6-0 loss to the Jaguars. Yeah. Like this team, we talk about how the Texans went on that streak. Well, the Texans lost to the Colts and then they lost to the Eagles. I'm a little bit uh, dubious on the Texans now with that. I really like the Colts because I just think Locke's better than Watson. I, I like their coach more than I like O'Brien. Yeah. I'm really leaning towards the Colts here. And I really like this game because that Saturday game, like the, the Saturday afternoon game or the one ESPN gets, it always seems to suck. Like there was this one year, it was Cardinals Panthers and the Panthers were like eight, seven and one. Yeah, it was rainy and that was bad game. And I think the Cardinals quarterback was it. Drew Stanton. No, I think it was Stanton's backup. I think it was Ryan Lindley. Ah, uh, I don't remember. I thought it was Drew Stanton. No, 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 no. He got hurt, too. Packer got hurt. Stanton got hurt. And it was Ryan Lindley. I'm, I'm about to look this up because I'm, I'm... All right, you I, look it up. But, yeah, I'm really... And, what? what? Do you remember the game? It was rainy. It was a nasty, nasty bad game. Right. right. So, so we, have we have this game, and it's usually always an AFC South team or the Bengals or somebody like that. I'm excited for this one. Um... And I kind of think I'm leaning towards the Colts because I like luck and they've been on this insane hot streak. So then the next game that night, I'm a little surprised that they made this one the night game. Actually, I'm not. This makes uh, more sense. Uh, 
Seattle and Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these two teams played earlier in the year in week three, which I completely forgot about. Seattle is just has the better coach and the better quarterback. Not really any hard pressing analysis there, <laughs> but um, they're just I don't know. so they're gonna. Win. I, th- I just don't trust Dak. I don't trust Jason Garrett, Wilson, and Carroll. Carroll's been pretty good this year. I like how Seattle, but the thing for Seattle with Seattle for me is like I just don't know which team is showing yeah. up. Like sometimes they get the receivers going with Baldwin and uh, Tyler Lockett. The running backs looking good. The defense starts to resemble the Legion of Boom at times with Bobby Wagner out there calling the plays and stuff. Other times they just look atrocious. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's- Amari Cooper for Dallas, he's kind of cooled off since um that game against the Eagles where he went off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I. I- so for me, and real quick, Ryan Lindley was the the quarterback in that game, and he went. He I went, knew it. He went sixteen for twenty eight for eighty two yards. Uh, so so that happened. Some Kirk Cousins numbers. Yeah, yeah, twenty seven sixteen Panthers win uh, in that in that game. But back to uh, back to the Seattle Dallas game. I like the I like Dallas in this game. I don't like the way that Seattle has kind of struggled in the back half of the season, back quarter of the season, really. Well, they had that big win against the Chiefs two weeks ago. They did. They did. But they're, they've had bad kind of sluggish divisional games recently. And I, and I don't like that. I don't like that trend. I don't. Um, the thing with, with Dallas is, is that this is all going to depend on if they can run the ball. They need to be able to run the ball at home to alleviate yeah. what Dak would need to do potentially in the fourth quarter if he needs to come back, if they just need to run the clock out, if they need to have ball control, if they need to go up and down the field, it all rides on the shoulders of that running game. They should really just try and make Dak a game manager. I, I think that's what he should be, and they don't. And they don't. Whether it's Jerry or if it's or if it's the coaching staff, they don't it's want Jerry. Him, it has to be Jerry. They don't want him to be that. <laughs> I mean, I think they want him to be this gunslinger Mahomes type, and he's clearly not that. He's never been that ever in college. No. In 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 his NFL career, I mean, he he is he is the prototypical game manager. Needs to take care of the ball, scramble when needed, scramble when needed. Quarterback. Yeah. So, I, I I hate Dallas. I don't think they're a very good team to begin with. But with Seattle having to travel on the road in the wild card game, I'll lean towards Dallas in this one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to wait a little bit and think about this. I just uh, – Seattle on the road scary. So it'll be fun. That one, I, I like this one. I was a little the surprised. The matchups are good. I, I, the matchups are good all week. Yeah, and then uh, we'll get to the next one, Baltimore Chargers. They've already played. They played week 16. Yeah, not even that yeah. long ago. That game was in L.A., and this one will be in Baltimore. So, yeah, a little rematch of what happened two weeks ago. The Ravens at home, I just I, I feel like they can't lose at home. Am I right or wrong here? <laughs> well, if they're gonna lose at home any week, uh, if they, if they, they 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 probably drew the most difficult of any of these divisional winner matchups um, in this first round of the playoffs. The Chargers are the most difficult team to match up against. So they had Melvin Gordon suffer that injury. They said he's still playing and it doesn't matter, but you never know. Keenan well, Allen, he's kind of been pedestrian since his the injury other thing too. too. That's a huge wrinkle is that hunter henry is most likely going to play in this game wait i thought he was playing all year no yeah not according to Stephen a he's been he's been ready to go since week two but this uh, is I, that's okay. a huge development in this whole 
in this whole kind of formula that is the Los Angeles Chargers. How much he actually plays and how effective he is is going to be another story. So but, is he going to pull the, uh, the, the Kyle Schwarber? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, the whole uh, emerge in the playoffs uh, for after an ACL tear, yeah, after a major injury, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, it's a very interesting development. Never did I think he was going to have an impact this season for the Chargers after what happened uh, much earlier in the in the preseason. But he's a, he's a difference maker. He's a difference maker in the red zone. They don't have to rely on Antonio Gates, you know, in his decaying career, in his uh, corpse, yeah. yeah. And it, it gives them an, an extra option on on offense. The thing with the Chargers is that they go as Philip Rivers goes. So a lot of these teams are very contingent on on their on their one big player. And when Rivers is playing lights out, they are very good. Clearly, when he struggles and throws bad interceptions and and they kind of falter on offense, they have to rely heavily on that on that on that good defense. The I thing- also don't trust that coach of theirs, Anthony Lynn. You never liked Anthony Lynn. I, no. I, I, and I will, and and I will say, I got. What does I was, he do? What does he do that's so special? I guess you're right. I guess you're. <laughs> right. The thing, the thing is, Baltimore presents such a difficult matchup on offense with that with with Jackson. You can't replicate that. No other team has that style of offense with that explosive of a quarterback. Yeah. No other team. You you don't see that all year, and them playing at home is completely different, like you mentioned, than them playing on the road. It's just a different atmosphere. They play, they feed off the crowd. They just seem – when you have to go to play in Baltimore, especially at this time of the year, it's not easy, especially for a team now coming from the West Coast having to do that um, for for a 1 o'clock game. So that's the other thing, too, is that this is not you know a later game where Los Angeles's clock kind of resets. This is a 1 o'clock game in the middle of the afternoon. So that's also something that – to keep in mind okay i like the ravens i I, i've liked them for a while now i I like them after they had the big win in los angeles i like them when they were kind of finding their groove on this offensive you know revolution that they've had since they've they given up on joe flacco i like their defense a lot they they still have that 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 signature ravens defense and i think that although the chargers were a team that i was very high on probably about three or four weeks ago this is too difficult of a matchup to come to the bad draw it's a bad draw Bad, bad draw. Bad draw for both teams, really. But the team that presents the most, uh, I guess, unpredictability and the biggest matchup issues on offense in the playoffs, I would say, is Baltimore. So, as a Pats fan who, you know, we have the two seed, the team that I would want to play the least, because we can't play the Colts, obviously, because if they win, they would play the Chiefs. Right. The team I would want to play the least in round two, or, yeah, round two, our first game, would be the Ravens. Yeah, just because number one, they have this history against us, and I think our playoff record against them is two and two. I know Brady and Flacco are two and two against each other. Um, I don't know if we had played them before. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but yeah. So they've always like played us hard, no matter what. And then this offense that they have, this unique rushing attack, is pretty scary and. You know, I feel like the Chargers and the cold weather, and we always beat the Texans up. I wouldn't be too worried about either of them. But, okay, let's go to the final game just real quickly. Uh, Bears-Eagles. At first, I was kind of shocked that they didn't make the Cowboys one, the NBC game. But, because, you know, the Cowboys are obviously have the biggest fan base. But the more I thought about, like, you know, Chicago, 
third biggest city in America. Philadelphia is the defending champs, another big American city. This one made sense. You have two guys from the Andy Reid coaching tree, Peterson and Matt Nagy, and then the two quarterbacks, Nick Foles, who has who has the magic, no matter you want to, no matter if you want to admit it or not, and Mitchell Trubisky, who he's going to throw like two or three interceptions at one point in the playoffs and torpedo the Bears' chances by himself. I'm calling it right now, um, but they have that dominant defense. I kind of like the Eagles in this one. I'm not going to lie. I'm drinking the Fool's Kool-Aid. The you are. Fool, no, not the Fool's. The Fool's Kool-Aid. No, it's the Fool's 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 Kool-Aid. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and, and tell you that there's no magic behind Nick Foles. Clearly, there's something. Something is different with them. I don't know if it's necessarily him, but this is something that we've mentioned: is that th- this team plays completely differently with Nick Foles at quarterback. That I will admit. He has magic. I like the Bears in this one. I like the Bears. At home, they have been one of the more dominant teams uh, throughout the back end of the year. That defense is too good. Uh, all that Trubisky has to do is just not turn the ball over, and they will win the game. As long no, as he that's easier, that's easier said than done. The way that they they are set up on on offense is very simple: hand the ball off two times, set up third and third and short, and then you have either a way to dump it off to Tariq Cohen. Or you pick up the first down with Trey Burton on a short pass, or you continue to pound the ground, and then yeah, you—that's all—that's all fine and dandy until you get behind in these games. Th- that's that's the difference is that they cannot fall behind, you know, two three scores going into you know the back of the first half or the beginning of the second half. That's what the difference is. The second these teams fall behind, they're in trouble. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the defense is just too good to allow that to happen. They're not going to be behind two scores going into halftime. Uh, they're not going to be behind three scores going into the third quarter. Most of their games are going to be close in the playoffs. Whether they're winning or losing is another story. But they've played co- close games throughout the entirety of the season. And majority of the reason that is because of their defense. Yeah, but you know, they have been really good all year. And they'll probably be a big threat, but they, 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 all Foles they, has they, the magic. That's all I have to say. You you love you just you just want Foles to continue to do this, so you have justification for the Pats' loss last year. Uh, no, I mean I, I don't need justification for that. We've already he was good. Like what what else, what else do we have to say mm, about I, that I, game? I, he was good. See, he was good in that game. I see right through it. I see right through it. All right, so let's talk about the coaches real quick. So we have eight head coaching openings. Uh, six were either fired or resigned or whatever, mutually parted ways, however you want to frame it. Um, Hugh Jackson and Mike McCarthy were already fired during the season. So we had Todd Bowles and Dirk Cotter gone Sunday night. We are we talked about how those guys weren't going to make it earlier. It was pretty obvious Bowles, uh, Bowles had oh, – I was about to say Foles – um, <laughs> Bulls had four seasons, didn't make the playoffs a single one. Cutter had three, didn't make a single one. And then the other ones were Vance Joseph in his second season of not making the playoffs is out. Um, who are the others? Let me out. Steve Wilkes just after one year. Yeah. Then Adam Gase, three seasons. He made the playoffs his first year and then they didn't want him anymore apparently. And then Marvin Lewis after what? 16 years without one playoff win i mean i'm not shocked by any of these the only one that i'm well the only one that i kind of 
don't agree with is Gase. I actually think he's a good coach, a good offensive mind. He's young. I think he's kind of like these McVay, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Matt Nagy type of coaches. It's just his team was so freaking bad and had such a lack of talent. And the one year where they made the playoffs, you know, Tannehill gets hurt. Yeah, Tannehill gets hurt and Matt Moore. Um, The year after that, Tannehill tears his ACL. I think it was ACL tear. And they had Cutler. And I just don't think he's had, like, the talent. Not that Tannehill's, like, this great quarterback or anything, but that's kind of the point. Like, if they had a good quarterback, maybe he could do something. I've uh, read that he might go to Arizona, and they want to have him be the coach that grooms uh, Josh Rosen. Huh. That'd be interesting. My Listen, like you said, not not a whole lot of these are surprising, but this kind of goes into my old man take of the week, and, and this kind of can be a two-parter right here. How in the world do you fire a coach after just one year with a rookie quarterback? You're talking about Steve Wilkes? Yeah. How how do you how do you get rid of a coach? I think it's because they wanted an offensive minded coach and they regret the hire. So they so basically they're saying they screwed up. Yeah. And Law. you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because I'd ra- because it's better to admit that you screwed up as soon as possible than to just like commit to the mistake for like three years. Well, then, then if if they're going to bring in an offensive-minded coach, then that that sort of validates it. But that's you fire a guy after one year with a rookie quarterback. That's rough. That's a rough. Well, it's not like he was. It's not like he deserved to have that job after that season. No, but how many has that ever happened before? Have we ever had a coach with a rookie quarterback get fired after that first year with that rookie quarterback? Um, I don't know. Well. Yeah. No. Willing to say if it if it's happened, maybe not more than two other times ever. I'm just trying to think of like coaches who were fired after one year. Uh, 49ers did back to back years with Thomas Sula and Chip Kelly. Right. Um, Neither I, had rookie quarterbacks though. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Kaepernick, and then the next year was Blaine Gabbard or something. Probably. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I know Hugh Jackson was fired after one year with Oakland. Don't remember who the quarterback was. I don't know. I'd have to like go back and look. Yeah, that's some serious. But he was a defensive minded coach. If they bring in someone like Gase, I actually like it. Marvin Lewis being gone though, you j- I was just I just didn't think it was ever going to happen, especially after last year when he was out and then they brought him back. And yeah. Let's not say he's out yet because they could just do the same thing again. I'm I'm not ready to um commit to anything here. I will say this. They uh Started saying, like, Marvin Lewis can either go to TV, he could coach another team, he could work in a front office. Why does Marvin Lewis have all these job offers? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Who is he? Who does he think he is? Greg Williams? <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too. Can, a lot of people are, are very quick to, uh, to just say, oh, the Browns are in the market for a new head coach. Why would you not consider keeping Greg Williams at head coach? Uh, you know, I, after that... Baltimore game where he like screwed up. I was just like, ah, eh, they should probably move on from him. But you don't think you don't think the players respond? They seem to respond better to him than they have ever with another coach in Cleveland. I think they would have responded better to like me or you than Hugh Jackson. Very true. I, I like Hugh Jackson was that bad. <laughs> Where's yeah. Hugh going to be? Where's Hugh going to be in 2019? I don't know. Maybe he'll be on TV with Marvin Lewis. Or wow, you just gonna follow Marvin wherever he goes. I mean, he should, right? Um, who else is there that was uh, fired? Vance Joseph. So I saw this 
thing before they fired Vance Joseph was like maybe they would keep Vance Joseph and bring Gary Kubiak back as offensive coordinator. Yeah. Wouldn't you just bring Kubiak back as the head coach head, head, where head coach. he won the Super Bowl? I mean, coach. yeah. Um, Kubiak, did you know Kubiak's like in the front office? He's like some special advisor or something to LA. Yeah, all these coaches that you, they just kind of fall off the face of the earth, they're actually like in the inner workings of like half these teams. Yeah, but like I thought the reason Kubiak resigned or retired was because football was bad for his health. health. It was a health office. reason, yeah. Health I reason. guess coaching's maybe a little bit more stressful than being sitting a special the, advisor or yeah, something. Sitting in the booth during a game rather than being on the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? So I just Mike, advanced. Your, your boy Mike McCarthy is going to be looking for a job. I don't know why a team would hire him. Mr. Uh, stuck in 1980s football. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you just try and hire one of these like newer uh, offensive guys? The guys that I like, I like Adam Gase. I just think he had a bad rap with like the players he had. I like your guy Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. uh, from Oklahoma. I what? What if Cleveland got him? That would be very interesting. I reunite him and Baker. That would be something. That would yeah. be something. I he's. I don't know if he's if he's gonna make the jump yet, but that's he will he will be an NFL so coach. Is he the number one college coach? Why? Here's the thing I don't get with the with the college coaches. Every year, you hear David Shaw. Yeah. What's so special about David Shaw? Stanford's not like some powerhouse or anything. Well, I think that people just like I don't want to say assume because he he does have a reputation of being a smart kind of outside the box kind of coach. I think that that's what the, the draw of him is, is that he's this calming presence in the locker room. That is a, you know, kind of a guy that's not going to be stuck in the traditional style of football. He will be able to adapt and change. And, saying, if I was going all out for some college coach, he'd better have like some results to go along with it. That's why Lincoln Riley is the guy that. People right. I mean, he's made the playoff. Uh, the last two years with two completely different offensive systems. Two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. He will be a coach. He'll be a head coach in the NFL within the next five years. Um, Uh, What about Harbaugh? He's staying in Michigan? Yeah, he's staying in Michigan. He's staying in Michigan. One of my friends likes the Jets. He was uh, trying to tell me they were getting Harbaugh. And I'm like, why are you getting Harbaugh? And he's like, because some Jets writer wrote it. I was like, oh, so because a Jets writer wrote that the Jets want to get Harbaugh, they're getting Harbaugh, even though he said he's not leaving. And then he's like, well, Nick Saban wasn't leaving the Dolphins. So because so because Harbaugh said he's staying at Michigan and a Jets writer said the Jets want Harbaugh, that's he's why going, the Jets are he's going to the, Yeah, he's going to be a Jet. That's yeah. how that works. You didn't know that? Yeah, no, I didn't. Now, now I'm glad. Now I know how everything works in life. Yeah, I just wanted to be uh, be mean to the Jets fans real quick. So real quick before we wrap this thing up, looking forward to next year, who are the coaches that you have on the hot seat going into 2019? Well, is Gruden even going to be on a hot seat? Like, do we just rule him out? We got to give him like five years before he gets on the hot seat. Yeah, I think McDermott probably. Yeah. Ron Um, Rivera. Who? Ron Rivera. Yeah, maybe if they don't make it the playoffs. Uh, Dan Quinn, you know, they just Dan. fired all of his coordinators, so if he doesn't Quinn. make it again. Um, who else is there? Uh, Patricia, maybe? Yeah, I think they give him more than two more than two years. I think he would get more than two years. I would I would even say um I would even say uh 
what's his face from if, the, the, if this Steelers thing gets worse though I think Tomlin well I mean I would love to always have Tomlin on the hot seat but that I mean for whatever reason he's never he's never on the hot seat even though he should be yeah all right well I think that's about it so we'll be back uh Sunday night after the Eagles Bears game we'll record right after that one we'll be ready to go yeah, we'll get you ready for the next, the next, uh, the next round of it, where you can start talking about your Pats and how you'll be uh, worried about who they're gonna have to play. Yeah, hopefully it's the Texans. That's the team I want to play the most. You're gonna get Andrew Luck. Watch. How? That doesn't even. What are you talking about? You're gonna get Andrew Luck in the end, in the in the uh, in the uh, championship, oh, the, in the AFC title game. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> um, well, Andy, Re- Andy just... Reid's gonna blow it. We all he's, know that, right? Andrew Luck. He's never beaten the Patriots. So. Andy Reid is gonna blow this somehow. In, in two weeks, right? Eh, that's a nice little tease for next week. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back. Thanks for listening. Bye.